Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is June the 29th, 2019. Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is a new counterculture, of course. Deferral of gratification, conviction, avoid mediocrity, people. First off, check out disruptmeister.com. Check out techbalt.com. Follow me on Twitter at techbalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. And you will see Friday's show was this week in Bitcoin. It was a blast with BTC Benny, Gigi, and Steve Barber, who is the dude who uses natural gas waste in Canada to mine Bitcoin I, I met him a year ago in Calgary. He's just a, I don't think he's been on anybody else's show. We have the best guest in the space on the This Week in Bitcoin show. You got to watch it every Friday, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T.com. Also on Twitter, I am Tech Ball. As I said, I've been tweeting out classic clips from back in the day when I made predictions about Bitcoin, how you should own 10 Bitcoin. They're pretty entertaining to watch four and five and six years later. So check that out. Everyone watching this show live right now. Type in Bitcoin Meister if you want me to answer your questions, and I will see your questions. And John uh, Stamiatis said, uh, greetings from Malibu. Well, greetings from south of West Hollywood, right off of La Brea. This will be my uh, last Saturday coming from here for uh, quite some time. I'm going back to Baltimore on Monday, and we'll have some special shows on Monday and Tuesday for you guys. I'll talk about that tomorrow, which is Sunday. So let's start with uh, Carl Denninger of Market Ticker. Um, again, Carl is a hater of Bitcoin, and but he's a genius at the same time. <laughs> so you can be a genius, you can and, and you can blindly hate Bitcoin. He's been wrong about Bitcoin since uh, before I got into Bitcoin in 2013. Okay, <laughs> he's been saying wrong things about it before I bought my first Bitcoin, and he he doesn't change his mind. Well, whatever. He's rich on his own supposedly, and. He can say what he wants to say, but he he really he's so smart he doesn't understand that most people in the USA aren't going to be able to understand things that he can understand, and that people in the Senate and in Congress they're not necessarily smart. He thinks they understand everything about the economy, and he thinks they're totally criminal because they must be lying. No, I mean they are criminal, but it's not. Some of them are just plain stupid, and he can't. This is the problem with some smart. It's the uh, Dun, it's Dunning Kruger on the other side. Some people are so smart, they cannot grasp that the way stupid people think. That even how regular people think, they're just like, well, they must understand. They must understand, and that's a handicap. That he's that he's handicapped in that way. That he can't grasp how people who aren't super intelligent, smart, or, or aren't super intelligent think. So he it leads him down the path of. Just saying things that, um, well, just not understanding certain trends. So here we go. He has pointed out that uh, if America, if we keep on spending the same on Medicare, uh, the, the United States government is going to go bankrupt. I think it's in 2024. Yeah, we and and I agree with that. If spending stays the same and nothing else changes, then of, of course the the U.S. will will be bankrupt. But and this is a big but. The United States can just keep printing money, and, and then he'll say, "Well, how about the states? How about the, the states will get loans from the federal government, which will keep on printing money?" And then some people say, "Well, that's inflationary. That's won't people see that their money will get them less?" No, that's the way things have always been in the United States. Well, not always, but <laughs> in the modern era, the United States keeps printing, printing, printing. The, the dollar cannot buy hardly. It buys less and less every year, and they keep getting away with it. And Carl Denninger says, well, he thinks that the, the people will rise up. I mean, no, no, they're not going to notice. They, they haven't noticed yet. They still won't notice. So, they, And this is the funny thing. Because he thinks that some magical moment is going to happen in 2024 when the United States – but the United States won't – I guess he thinks the United States is going to keep printing money, and that it will just go bankrupt, and everything will fall apart, and uh, – the, the medical system will just it, it'll just fall down and people will die. He's predicted that that people will that Medicare will not be paid for anymore, so people are going to die. So you better get in shape. It's good advice to get in shape, by the way. And he took that advice and he did get in shape. But 
you, you think the politicians are going to let or they they crave votes and attention so much they're just going to keep they'll print money and they'll lend out the money to the states to pay for their medical programs and there'll be more welfare programs of all sorts and the dollar will just buy you less and less and less and that's why you need to be in bitcoin and he doesn't he thinks bitcoin's a scam though because again he thinks that just everything's going to fall apart in 2024 and again of course yes if, if we don't print if the united states doesn't print money galore then yeah they, they, they would go bankrupt then then they would have to stop funding it they would have to cut back at it they have to cut entitlements etc 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 they're not cutting entitlements people they're not they should of course they should because that would preserve the, the dollars uh buying power but they'll just print dollars they'll just print dollars and uh so he, he doesn't get that and part of the reason, and, and and that shows you why he doesn't understand why Bitcoin has value either. Because Bitcoin, it's gonna get, it's not gonna get printed out of, printed to oblivion. Okay, it is your insurance policy. Uh, it is a real savings account. So your insurance policy against inflation. And we're just, we've lived through a constant state of inflation for quite some time. Sometimes it's more inflation than other times. And the social order continues because the eighty percenters are perfectly happy with it. They are the majority. They're not going to riot. They got their big screen TVs, and he doesn't get that. Pound that like button. Okay. They got away with the money printing until January 3rd, 2009, Roman Q says. Well, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> that it, that's one way of looking. For, for the 20 percenters, that's, that's – there was no real good way. The best way to opt out of the money printing system came along on January 3rd, 2009. How about that? Because there are, there, are, there are always other ways to opt out of it. Gold, of course, and, and some would say real estate and stocks, but that's very much intertwined with it too, of course, of course. Um, but it's better than having real estate is, is better than having money in the bank if you're in the right of real estate. Uh, <laughs> I see my buddy Shane is in the uh, chat too. What, what's up, man? Uh, so let's talk about uh, self-hating Facebook employees. Um, there's a, what I heard on a Dave Rubin show, which I didn't link to below, and there was some tech guy on it talking about the Silicon Valley culture and that a lot of the people that work at places like Facebook, they're almost, they're guilty. They're not proud of the success of Facebook. Facebook is a very successful company. It is a, it's redefined what the internet is. I mean, it, it didn't even exist before or whatever, 2004. I don't, I don't know. It, it's only been around for a, a short period of time, relatively, and it, it's it's redefined the world. It's it's put social media uh, atop almost everything, <laughs> atop real life for some people, and it is real life for people. Some people, unfortunately, uh, but they're not proud of it. They kind of feel bad about their their success, and and that's why they're they give into pressure uh, to fit in, and are willing to censor people and. Uh, really, no, willing to do a lot of things to tweak. And again, they can do what they want to do. But if you if you take a couple of steps back, it doesn't seem like uh, in the long run what they're some of the steps they're taking. They're opening the doors for competitors. Now, again, Facebook is tremendous. Maybe they will correct themselves. But it is clear that there are people there that are guilty about the success of their company, and, and this guilt uh, makes them want a virtue signal, makes them want to fit in even more. They should be proud. Any of any person out there that is working on state-of-the-art type of technology, creates new type of technology, technology, redefines the way we think of the world, they should be proud. They should not be embarrassed about their success. They shouldn't have guilt about their success. And there is a certain – again, there are so many smart people that work in Silicon Valley for these big companies like Facebook and Google. Um, and again – but I, there's something to be said that they are very much willing to work for a big company and to be followers, to be blind. Fo I mean, if you work in a big company, most people have to be followers of, of whatever is uh, the, the prevailing uh, way of life, the prevailing way of thinking is there. So there are a lot of people that are going to fall in line at companies like that. So they might be super smart, but they're – they're groupthink type people, and they are looking for validation all around them from the community. They again, it takes a lot to go out on your own and start your own business and get validation from yourself 
and to go your own way and not try to fit into what the, the current mainstream is saying is acceptable. And the people at those companies aren't those type of people. Now, some of them do leave those companies and then do go out on their own way. And I think those people would be the people who leave Facebook and Google would much be much more likely not to get caught up in all the virtue signaling and uh, smacking down of certain political perspectives that are going on there. It's like they've totally lost sense of uh, – and again, they – Maybe that's why they joined the company in the first place. They wanted to be in a liberal leaning type of uh, organization that was going to try to lead the world into that type of direction in terms of thinking. Maybe that's why they joined and I guess more, more power to them. Again, people, um, that's the current trends over there. The, the ma mainstream society is about fitting in validation and to be validated and fitting in in mainstream society today is to scream and yell if you hear an opinion that goes against the mainstream and try to shut them down. And and a lot of advertisers believe in that. And clearly a lot of large uh, social media companies believe in that. So again, including the one here, YouTube right now. And so I, I know the rules. I know, I mean, the rules seem pretty scattershot sometimes, but I know that uh, I could be, I, I, suddenly I could be cut. And he said, I'm, I'm totally comfortable with that. I'm, I'm totally comfortable. It's a private company. Again, compete, don't complain. And Eventually, there will be some. And again, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is the way to forget about all that anyway. You create uh, your uh, content. You list your Bitcoin address. If people support you, they support you. If if YouTube and Facebook cut the amount of people that see you, well, then you, the people that still see you, you increase your their loyalty to you. Their, you know, you you strengthen the, the part of your brand that they like. I have no pro. And I, I spoke about this last week that a lot of these content creators are only angry because they're losing their aid they're, they're losing the cheap heat they're losing the 80 percent or clicks they were getting blindly that the algorithm was just sending to them before and now facebook and google and twitter are like well these guys don't believe with our politics so we're not giving them all the the free uh the they're not showing them on related videos anymore or whatever and, and people are angry about that again um if you i it was stefan molyneux he still has so many loyal visit viewers He's just list your Bitcoin address. Same thing with uh, Ben Shapiro. Just list your Bitcoin address. Let the people support you that way. They, no one can stop that. Roman two says in a Bitcoin future, do you think companies will grow as large as Facebook and Google, or do you think it is a side effect of fiat? Well, since I don't think fiat's going any way, going away anytime soon, I think, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll still be large corporations, but I think because of Bitcoin, and the more people who come to the Bitcoin overlay, there will be more and more small to medium-sized companies that compete with those larger companies on the other side. So, I mean, there'll be the two different tracks. There'll be the tracks for the 80 percenters and the track for the Bitcoin 20 percenters. And we, the, and in, in our little 20 percent space, even though our space isn't as big as theirs, there's tremendous opportunity. Uh, and so what we have now is people who want to stick in the 80% fitting in space and are complaining and screaming. They're not willing to, okay, take their loyal viewers into the 20% space here. They will. They were. There are some people. Uh, Jordan Peterson obviously is, is looks like he's going to try that. So that's that's awesome. I'm looking forward to see how that product, uh, I forgot what the name of it is. I linked to it last week. And again, I signed up for it. If they invite me in there, of course, I will participate in it. It's not live yet. Someone else uh, has a platform too. I'm gonna, I link to it below. I'll save in a second. I forgot what the URL is offhand. Okay. Principles come out during hard times. Uh, that's something Yaron Brooks said. I, I really got a link to that video. It's the latest Dave Rubin video. It's got Yaron Brook in it, okay? It's like one and a half hours they're talking. I forgot to link to it below. Find it on your own. Um, but Yaron oh, Brooks said that principles come out during hard times. And uh, we just had a pretty hard times, you know, if, if you've got a weak hand during the Bitcoin bear market. And so many people, they didn't stick with their, they didn't have principles. They left or they started getting into diversification for the sake of diversification. They grew up, they they grew tired of Bitcoin or uh, I'm going to go back to whatever I was doing beforehand. Now, a lot of those people are coming back. Some of them are still stuck in, in the diversification for diversification thing, and they're looking like fools. But um, as you know here with the Bitcoin Meister, it never changes. Bitcoin, buy and hold. 
<laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm not changing anything. That's my principle. Bitcoin holding and getting interest on it through the crypto dividends that you turn into more Bitcoin. I'm not interested in wasting any any anything on these altcoins. Okay. Uh, again, I will talk there in the news, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to mention them, but I am principled. I am holding Bitcoin. That is how I value my wealth in Bitcoin. Haven't changed. And even during the hard times, now it's, we're back in the good times, saying the same things I said during the hard times. So this is a way of looking at it. Principled people are, in this day and age, the counterculture is made up of people of principle. Mainstream culture is vanity and nothingness. Pound that like button. They'll change on a dime, okay, in the mainstream culture. Uh-uh. They're about fitting in. So you got to stand on your principles. Even when it looks like there's doom. Oh, Bitcoin's going to die. Yeah, I've been through that before. It's not going to die. I'm with Bitcoin for the hard time. I'm As I said before, as I've always said, I will go down with the ship, but the ship isn't going down. All right. So... Roaming, okay, let's move. Let's talk about the welfare dollar, that term that I always say. Uh, it's wrapped around public schools a little bit too. And the need for safety for kids. Uh, and the need for a free education. That every, everyone today, uh, people have become so pampered that they, they must get a good free public school education. And if it, their neighborhood starts to get bad, they're going to move and they're going to buy a more expensive house in an area. Uh, that's got better public schools and they'll keep on doing that and that props up the welfare dollar system okay because they're gonna they gotta keep on printing money for the to, to build the new schools in the new suburbs and then of course those will become bad and then it, it just it repeats itself and people will value those welfare dollars because they're gonna have to buy a more expensive house and that's what everything is uh in the united states that's that's what it's value i mean that's what the listing price is it's not in bitcoin it's in dollars so everyone's got that mindset everyone believes in the dollar story uh, partially because of the public school system and the common thinking that, uh, yeah, I'll just send my kid to public school. And then you just become part of that government machine, which heavily relies on the, the dollar story. It's not changing. People want the best, what they think is the best for their kids, okay? For the children, for the children is something that keeps the uh, the whole system uh, going. That keeps the dollar welfare dollar system going. And again, there's when I call it the welfare dollar, people like to say, "Oh, it's it's the uh, it's the petrodollar." That's Saudi Arabia gives it that. Wait, no, it's the it's the people inside of the United States of America who value it, who believe in the story, who will you know pay anything for a house to move out of that neighborhood uh, where their kids would have to go to school. Uh, and, and and people aren't gonna. They would rather get fancy things to fit into their community than pay for their kids to go to private school or pay for their – there's some people that pay for their kids to go to private school. There's some that uh, pay for them to go to religious schools, but it's it's the it's the minority, okay? It, it's the – it's, it's, it's going to stay that way. And then there's some people that just buy, buy, buy. They don't care where their kids are going to go to school, so they just throw them into the public school system, and that's why some of the public schools become complete nonsense because these kids with parents who don't care about them are there. But again, that's part of the whole welfare dollar system. They're getting paid to have kids, and it again, you don't you don't have to worry about that stuff. Um, you don't have to if you're in, in Bitcoin, okay? Um, the eighty percent need stuff. Twenty percent does not put stuff on a pedestal like the eighty percent does. Um, the twenty percent does not obey the rules, uh, and the. Oh, is this a figure? I want to. I want to talk about voting here for a second. It, it ties into this. Uh, you you get into this worry. You you need your your public schools to be good, and so you think you're going to elect some guy. That's going to make sure that schools are good because he says he's going to spend more money on the schools. And so there are so many people that have fought <laughs> for the privilege of voting in a high school popularity contest. That's what voting has boiled down to. That, that's all it is. I mean, you, you've seen it now. It's the person who looks the best, who promises you the best stuff. And again, this props up the dollar. This is this is the system that everyone is used to because they're promising to spend more of those dollars, to print more of those dollars, to make you happy, to feel good. So you're like, well, I'll, I'll pick the, the prettiest of face here. And uh, he seems like he's telling the truth. Yeah. And he's going to get me some uh, nice uh, 
a nice school system or a nice, uh, you're going to bail me out of my college debt. It's, a, it's all part of that a welfare dollar system. And again, it, it's funny that uh, <laughs> calling it a, the, the, the whole paradigm of, uh, of fitting in, that, that's what you learn in school. School is one popularity contest. You learn high school gets you ready for the popularity contest because high school is just a popularity contest. At least most public schools are uh, a popularity contest. And uh, it, it gets you ready to, to vote and in, in, in continue the tradition, just continue the endless loop of uh, the popularity contest, the spending of the money just to fit in. Do not uh, value your wealth and popularity. Don't you don't need approval from all these people. You don't need uh, you don't need to get stuck in this dollar system and obey all its rules. Bitcoin is the uh, way out of it. Okay, B Ruck sent uh, ninety nine cents. Thank you, B Ruck. Thanks to you, I just stacked my. Ooh, what is that? One hundred thousand? No, one hundred one hundred millionth Satoshi. Very good, dude. Pound that like button. The one Bitcoin show. That's every uh, Monday, what, Sunday through uh, Thursday is the one Bitcoin show. Okay. Ooh, there's guys out there that actually dream of, uh, dream of a shooting civil war. <laughs> the doomers. And, and this doom attitude of wanting it all to burn, I think it's some kind of form of passive aggressiveness. Uh, like when compared to being in, in motion and actually changing yourself instead of blaming others. I think they're just some people, they'd rather get their aggression out by like hoping that, yeah, eventually there's gonna be a, a civil war, it's gonna solve all my problems and all the people, you know, X, Y, and Z, it's their fault and they're gonna be brought down in this civil war. I can't wait for it. And I'm just gonna sit here waiting for it and I'm gonna keep blaming them and they're gonna get theirs eventually. They're gonna get theirs, those bad guys. No, it is. It's some kind of form of passive aggressiveness. This, this, this whole waiting for the civil war, talking of the civil war, doomers. It's all going to fall apart. The, the easier and uh, again, if you wait, you're going to wait around. It's never going to happen. And I, I don't know. You're going to end up relying on the government, which you hate, um, which is kind of ironic. But uh, what what you should do is just you should be in motion. Blame yourself for your own problems and fix your own problems. There you go. And you won't have to wait for the uh, legendary civil war to come around because it's not coming around. As I said before, uh, if you haven't got, if you haven't caught my drift yet in all these shows, uh, the 80 percenters are, are perfectly happy with the public school system, with the dollar system. They're getting their free stuff. Um, they're fitting in. They're getting bigger and bigger houses. It's costing them more and more fiat. They're, they're, they're happy with it. That's that's how you fit in. That's how you get your approval. And I know a lot of you don't like that system. So then opt out of it into the Bitcoin system. But uh, it's, it's passive aggressive just to sit around and grit your teeth and say, the civil war is coming and we're going to take them down. <laughs> They'll get theirs. Okay. So it was, it's all right, Joe. So when I was talking about Joe Rogan last week and I, I and the, uh, the phone, he, he says he looks at his phone four hours a day. What I, what I should have really clarified is just don't become dependent on your phone. He, he, he seems to become dependent on your phone, on his phone. That is not healthy. Um, it, it's like you, it ends up telling you what to do and making decisions for you. Uh, <laughs> don't let it be your king. I mean, like there's so people just have to keep on checking, have to keep on checking it. And it really becomes their king. Again, it can be, I can understand it can be helpful. You, it can, uh, you can look up things on it every once in a while and everything, but don't let it determine your day. Don't let it set your schedule. Um, try to be away from it as much as possible because uh, some of these platforms on these phones, <laughs> if you're looking at your phone too much, you might stumble upon something that is just totally addictive and it, just, it becomes your addiction. It become, you become it almost. And so do, do not become dependent on your phone. I want to make clarify that. Again, pound that like button. Follow me on Twitter at TechVault. Follow me on Steam it, Bitcoin Meister. All right, so Ben Shapiro on his show, he still he has gold advertisers. So he reads off this stuff about how great gold is. And then at the same time, he, see, he sounds sometimes he sounds so helpless about these big tech companies and uh, they're censoring. It's in the, the, the James O'Keefe expose mentioned how uh, he, Ben Shapiro is classified as a, I don't even want to say the word, 
the World War II bad guys. That that's what there's the and obviously Ben Ben Shapiro wasn't isn't a, that, <laughs> but and so he he'll bring that up, but then he'll still be telling people you know buy gold, and uh, that that no, get into the modern world, dude. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, not gold. Bitcoin will get you. You won't have to worry. I give Ben Shapiro credit because he does have like a subscriber base. Some at his website, people can subscribe, have a subscription service, and get inside information about his channel. So he's not like yelling and screaming that much at YouTube. But you know, on one end, he's he's somehow talking about government regulation. Okay, dude. So you're still in the gold. Get in the Bitcoin. It'll open so many more doors for you. And I don't think you'll be. I think you'll see things a different way. So I. I understand why he's got to take money from. Well, I don't. He he his advert. He wouldn't need to take gold advertisers if he was into Bitcoin. He could get people sending him Bitcoin. He could get into the Bitcoin related businesses. He could update his whole uh, money raising, his whole subscription model into a Bitcoin cryptocurrency type of Lightning Network. Who knows what he could do? All right, there was something else I want to say. Yeah, he sticks with the okay. Hey, how can you stick with the past and hope to do well in the future? That's what I wanted to say. Because gold is the past. Why are kids forced to take foreign languages in high school? I mean, if after middle school it's not working, then why? I mean, it, I was never a far. I, I took four years of Spanish, okay, and it always seemed to me the girls were better in uh, language than the guys were. I mean, there's some guys that like language; it's fine. But it was not my thing. It, it definitely was not. But you had to take it. You had to take four, four or three years of Spanish if you wanted to get into the good colleges or to get the Maryland uh, to, to graduate in the state of Maryland. I think you had to take a certain amount of a, years of a, a, a language. And to me, it, it should be something that's optional. I think it's. I mean, it's great to know a second language, but I think there's just certain, certain people's minds, mine included, that just are not wired that way at all. Um, and Right now, I think <laughs> curriculums of public schools or, or not public of, of private schools is I, I totally avoid the public schools, please. but um, you know, or if you're teaching your kid your, yourself, th this is a time to innovate. Like get out of that paradigm when you have to have four years of uh, a foreign language. How about some real life skills like understanding what interest is and, and, and banking stuff, which will get you into Bitcoin. Learning how to split uh, <laughs> split Bcash from Bitcoin. Yeah, I know that sounds like it sounds complex. It sounds or learning how to split all sorts of crypto dividends from Bitcoin. That is a real life skill that in the future will be much more valuable than learning French. Well, not in the, in the present, it already is. I mean, if you taught your 11th grader how to do that, he could start his own business right now, splitting crypto dividends for people. If he if he's like struggling in French, that's not. That's not helping him. It's a wasting a lot of time. It's taking away from him learning things that he really needs to learn. I, I really, I see so with the internet and and I think schools for the twenty percenters at least will be completely different in like thirty years. A lot more homeschooling or maybe group schooling where kids are of of you know families that are friends send them all to one place and they learn all sorts of different tech. Not not not. You don't have to learn French anymore, dude. You can learn crypto instead or other things uh uh what's what's the uh, self-driving machine learning and all that kind of stuff uh, that, that and again some people are, are still gonna be into french and fine let them they can have their classes still i i think right now though is the point when we have to realize uh where you have to realize for your own kids i don't want to send them to a place where um they're, they're gonna be forced if they don't like languages, to learn language. Or if they're forced to learn uh, classic English literature, they don't like that. It's not useful anymore. It's not going to help them in their future job anymore. They And they're already cultured enough. They'll learn of something practical, which the most practical skill I think you can learn right now is this Bitcoin stuff. I mean, there's so many 80%, so many people in cryptocurrency, they just keeping their coins at, Bit, at Coinbase. Again, learn how to set up a Trezor. If a kid learns how to do that, they can so, set up their... Oh, they could charge people all over their town, just like how kids used to go around mowing the lawns of people. They can go from door to door, say, "Hey, you know, you got some uh, cryptocurrency at Coinbase. I'm going to teach you how to use this Trezor. Give me this and that." Again, I taught people how to uh, learn use Trezors, and they paid me in Bitcoin. 
pound that like button. And I never sold that Bitcoin. Ooh, does that feel nice now? All right. Don't watch the debates. So I didn't watch the debates. I didn't watch the, uh, so, but I saw on Twitter some Bitcoin people are like, yeah, I'm going to sit down, watch, sit down in front of the TV and watch. I mean, oh my God, you're rotting away, eating your potato chips in front of the TV, getting fat, like listening to people tell you how they're going to steal from you. I mean, it, it's, oh my God, it's, it's horrible. Um, so what I say to do is, and what I did, I just went to Scott Adams' channel and Ben Shapiro, played them at 2x like I usually did. And bam, I, I got summaries like that quick. I know exactly what happened. And the first night, I, and I checked Drudge Report, read that real quick. And the first night, uh, it said that the Drudge Report has this poll. And some people get excited about this poll. Guys, um, it's a biased poll, okay? Who reads Drudge, okay? Not, not the liberal voting base. They don't. So Drudge, the first night, who won the debate? Tulsi won the debate. Of course, Tulsi won the debate on Drudge because Tulsi is the Democratic candidate from the first night that most appeals to the type of people that read Drudge, some of whom are complete conspiracy nuts and uh, hate the United States in their own special way and thus would like some of the things that Tulsi – and again, Tulsi isn't all bad or whatever, um, but there's certain things that are not very li liberal about her, not very uh, like a Democrat about her, that certain conservatives that read Drudge are – so I made a prediction right then and there. I'm like, I know who's going to win the second debate on Drudge. Andrew Yang will. Sure enough, come check it. The, of course, I didn't watch the debate. I didn't even know what had happened in the debate. Check Drudge after the second debate. Who won? Yang. Why did Yang win? Because of all the people on that stage, he was the most not like a Democrat. And apparently he only had like three minutes of speaking, but yet he won the debate according to – I mean it's, it's totally – it's total nonsense. The, the whole thing is nonsense. But uh, – and, and what it – so the people who really watch it and really care about it are Democrats – and they want to see, you know, they want to hear about racism and sexism and the things that turn them on and, and the virtue signaling. And so who, who did the best of that? Apparently, I was told uh, Kamala, Kamala Harris uh, uh, attacked the old uh, the old white man. So uh, she, she won, I guess. Um, but, you know, Scott Adams, Scott Adams uh, on his on his uh, channel, which I obviously I watch occasionally. I can't I, I usually have to stop it after about. 10 minutes because he goes on to subject matters that, I mean, he just worships certain aspects of Trump that, that are sickening his, his worship. It's like the way he can twist things, his, uh, his persuasion. It's all about persuasion. And he, he, he thinks that Trump is doing all this persuasion stuff. And I think he's reading a little bit too much into it, but that's, again, you, you can, it's a waste of time worrying about that. So I shouldn't even be talking about that. What I did want to say is something about Scott Adams trying to fit in. Again, when he's up, when he's saying good things about Trump, he actually is not trying to fit into his uh, his overall community. He lives up in the Bay Area, around uh, uh, Silicon Valley, San Francisco, wherever uh, you know, around Palo Alto. I, I don't know exactly where he was, but um, and he doesn't know that much about Yang, which was hilarious because Yang is like the closest one to him in, in physical location. But uh, he tries to fit in by defending Kamala Harris for sleeping with Willie Brown back in the day. Okay. He says that that's not a good way. To, people shouldn't even bring that up about Kamala Harris, that she slept her way to the top by sleeping with disgusting mayor of San Francisco, former mayor of San Francisco, Willie Brown. I mean, it's totally out there that that's the way she started her political career by sleeping with this very powerful uh, politician named Willie Brown, who slept with many, many women in San Francisco. I mean, this is how he would give women power by letting you say, you sleep with me. I'll give you this. I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you do this. This is the way he works. This is the way, you know, um, Harvey Weinstein. It's the same thing Harvey Weinstein did. I mean, it's the same thing that Willie Brown. And there are guys that do this. I think Trump uh, to a certain level would, uh, you know, he would, in his older days, you know, with younger women, they would sleep with him in, in hopes that he would give them nice things, give them power, give them new jobs, give them fame, give them fortune. And so he's like, oh, you, you can't, you can't bring this up. How can, if it's Kamala against Trump, you know, he, he slept around and she slept. So it's not, it's, it's equal. I'm like, well, wait, dude, you are missing the point. You're totally missing the point here. She is the type of woman who would sleep with Trump. And that's a big, big difference between what Trump did and what she did. Okay. She's the one. She would sleep with Trump. She would have slept with Trump in her day to, to, get her, uh, to get her political career started. That's the big difference. So would you rather have – who would you rather have as your leader? The one who's going to sleep around to, 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 to monkey branch to the higher and higher man to get more and more 
or the one that all those monkey branches are trying to sleep with, the one with the power, the one who earned the power on his own, the one who had fortune. And again, what does she produce? What, what has she produced? Really, she's she's it's it's admitted that the way she starts, she slept with a man of power, you know, she slept her way to the top, and that's it. And then and now she's you know trying to get free stuff for people. Get what is what has she ever done? What, really, what is she? I mean, and there's a lot of people in politics that are like that. So plenty. So there's a big, big, big difference. He, I, and he doesn't get that. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't grasp that. I mean, again, if a, if a powerful man like Trump lacks character, and I mean, and he and he does, what does this say about the type of woman who would sleep, who would monkey branch to sleep with him? To, to, from Willie Brown to Trump to whoever, whoever they're going to sleep with. What's it say about them? Um, anyway, it's all a waste of time, but I did, I did want to point that out um, because it's, it's like I, Scott Adams has to know the difference. And I, maybe he just wants to fit into his, uh, you know, you can't say things about Kamala. can't say bad things about her or his neighbors will hate him or something like that. I, I don't know. F fitting it is, is totally overrated, but I think, I think all of you can see, I don't, I, again, when you work for yourself, you can, you can, you can point out these obvious uh the, the obvious nature of, of a of a person like uh, Kamala Harris and that, that she would – and that's probably part of the reason some of these people hate – women hate Trump so much because they know very well they would have slept with him to get to their, their powerful positions. They would have – and he's a disgusting – they would have slept with a 70-year-old version of him. She would have slept with a 70-year-old version of him, of course. She slept with Willie Brown. <laughs> All right. So um, in order to, to get, get her first uh, shine in the politics or, or to, to boost her political career, whatever she had to do. So yeah, it is a valid point. It's a valid point. I mean, if, if you care about who your leader is, and I don't give a darn, I don't care which one wins. I mean, I, I'm in the Bitcoin overlay. I can leave and, and do whatever I want. But um, no. So, I mean, on one hand, you'll have the one who, who would sleep with Trump. And then on the other hand, you have Trump. So, I mean, who would you rather be? <laughs> okay. So, 80%ers uh, watch debates and vote in elections in hopes of getting more handouts. Yeah. 20%ers generate profits by solving problems. Stay in motion. Thank you, Robin Q. And uh, Guy Bennett says, the only French, Spanish, or German you need to know is Le Bitcoin, El Bitcoin, their Bitcoin. Yes. All right. Nathaniel Brun said, Bitcoin Meister, I've decided to skip college so far, and I'm pursuing what I find fun doing, blockchain development for altcoins. Thoughts on the value of college today and, and, the regard, and in regard to Bitcoin. Uh, for a person like you, I, I think you're doing the right thing. Definitely. I think you're doing the right thing. There are certain people that need a certain uh, social exposure. Is it worth the money? I think some of the elite colleges to get to go into like the top 20, top 30 colleges, if you're smart and maybe in high school you didn't socially achieve what you wanted to achieve maybe, um, college is good. You can meet a lot more like-minded people like you in college and get more friends because it's nice to have friends. Um, real life in-person friends of that for $50,000 a year. Is it worth it? I, I, I don't know, but um, the, it is, it is a complicated matter. But if, if you're not college material, don't force yourself to go to college. Um, if you're really smart and you don't, you don't need the, you already are satisfied with your social network of friends. And maybe you've made friends over the internet too. And you're, you're very, you feel good about yourself. Um, you're 18 and yeah, I, I think, Take, traveling around and, and learning a skill and networking with similar type of people. I think that would be the next step for the guys and girls that don't go to college um, to just for all of them to network online. So maybe they can meet in person every once in a while and discuss their businesses and maybe figure out how their businesses can work together. And so there can be this social element, but there is a nice social element to college, especially when you're around nice, smart people. And so, um, but and another thing, if if you happen to be re, if you happen to be one of the younger kids in your class in high school, um, it might be nice to to try out college for a little bit, um, just to get another social experience when when you're a little a teeny bit older. Because mentally, you're you're still changing a lot between 17, 18, and 19, and it, it might be a little bit more difficult when you're 18 to start your own business than when you're 20 or something like that. So, I mean, give it a try. But again, the prices right now don't go into massive debt. Don't go to some third string college just to say you went to college if you've got a good business idea. Um, if you've got a good business idea in high school uh, or got some dreams, start to research it as early as possible and, and consider it a legitimate option. Uh, because if you're just going to go to college just to fit in, plain just to fit in because your parents said so because everybody else is doing it um, and you really don't know why you're going to college, then you might want to take a second look because you don't want to get into debt. Uh, and 
again, some smart kids go to college just so they can get good grades to get a good job. And I don't think that's a good reason to do it. Um, if you're a smart kid that wants to go to college and you think you're going to go to these classes and really enrich your mind and you're not aiming to get a high GPA, you're just aiming to learn, I think that is a good way to go to college. I think that is a good reason. I think if you go to college, if you college can be truly valuable if you're not concerned about your GPA, if you're just there to really learn. And I don't think there are a lot of people that are like that. I mean, when I was at Wash U, I mean, I have to admit, I was there to make friends, to have fun, and to do well. I just wanted to do well. I wasn't trying to really learn about new concepts. I just wanted to get that marketing degree, and I thought, you know, well, I, I'll get a marketing job afterwards, and I should try to do as best as possible because then I'll be able to get a good job. But that's they don't even look at your GPA half these jobs afterwards anyway. Uh, so I wasn't really trying to expand my brain. I was trying to expand my social circles and me and i enjoyed my friends there they were so smart and, and it was good good connections to have after college and, and stuff but i did not and i'm 17 when i started too so that's why i say this thing and i don't think too many people are 17 now they, they've they've made the rules strict that you got to be 18 to graduate from high school or or you have to be 18 to start 12th grade i, I don't know whatever it is not or something like that um so i was i'm an anomaly and but again it's it, so it I could see, uh, I just remember like that first semester, I could tell, I was like, I'm, I was a little young <laughs> for this at first. I wasn't mature enough for certain aspects uh, of the studying at first to say, to say the least. Uh, okay, so interesting question. You got a little bit of personal information there too. Um, Bitcoin Meister, I actually worked at Steemit in high school, says Nathaniel Broom. Oh, wow, dude. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's really cool, man. That, that's awesome, man. You got a good, you can do it. You can do it, man. Uh, I, I got faith in you, man. Start it up. All right. Uh, what else do we have? A compete, don't complain uh, tweet here I have. Uh, brokenness equals potential energy. Anything badly broken is a dam holding back a lake of unrealized desires. This is from Paul G. A start is linked to below. A startup that can bore a hole through such a dam can liberate all that energy. Fix this. U.S. higher education is massively broken. This is what we were just talking about. In exchange for degrees that are often worthless, millions of people get into debt that will burden them for decades. So there we go. We've got a broken system, as we were just discussing, and that's an opportunity. Brokenness is an opportunity. If you've got a startup, um, maybe you can solve that problem. And, and you know, implement some of the things that I was just talking about, some of the theories I was just talking about. I'm sure people could elaborate on them much more so than I can. So yeah, broken, if something is broken, that is the opportunity for someone to come in and fix it. And uh, so a lot of people, when something is broken, they complain and they yell and they're like, government fix this. But what they should be doing is they should be in motion and trying to figure out how to make it, fix it themselves and make it, a, make it profitable for themselves. So I, I like that tweet. And this following tweet, describes my uh, 2016 Bitcoin buying spree, quite some. Uh, this is from Justin uh, Khan. He says, when you have something you want to do in your life, just effing do it. Don't second guess yourself. Don't overthink it. Go with your instincts and have a bias to action. So in 2016, I had been buying Bitcoin uh, for quite some time, but you know, not at the pace that I really could have. I, I, had, uh, quite a, I had some fiat in the bank, to say the least. And when Vinny Lingham wrote his article about that made some predictions about Bitcoin being three thousand dollars in in 2017 and uh, governments buying up Bitcoin eventually, it was a very it was a very good article. And I just I sat there thinking, I'm like, what are you waiting for, Adam? Really, what are you waiting for at this point? You're just being comfortable. What's that money in the bank doing? What really? What is that money in the bank doing? You're you're slowly buying Bitcoin with it, but like, what are you going to end up with? There's some Bitcoin and money in the bank. If, if you really believe in it, just effing do it, just like this guy said. And I snapped and I got, I, I spent all that fiat. I spent it all on Bitcoin. <laughs> that was it. And, and this guy's at, and I didn't second guess myself or anything. I just went all in at that point because I had done all the research at that point. Um, there was no reason to overthink it anymore and just, you know, come up with the excuses why to keep some of that money in the bank account. 
go with your instincts and have a bias to action. So yeah, I was suddenly very biased toward action. I was in motion. I spent all my fiat on Bitcoin. And uh, a lot of you know the rest of the story. Pound that like button. <laughs> and that was before the uh, 2016 happened. Um, and who's this? A guy, Ben, says, is it a coincidence that a university degree takes you 210,000 blocks in time to receive? Just put that tuition money into Bitcoin and sit through a few halvings. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But again, they uh, so many of the people that are starting out in college clearly don't have that money. They don't have two hundred thousand dollars just sitting around. You know, fifty thousand dollars a year for so they go, they take loans. Um, they they could not get loans as easily to buy Bitcoin. They get loans easily to buy college because uh, they can't get out of those loans. They can't default on those loans. Now, there's some people that I think have figured out ways, you know, to get loans for community college and to just, and spend it on a bunch of other stuff. And some have actually spent it on Bitcoin, I heard. I'm not advising. You don't want to get in debt, people. You do not want to get into debt. But, yeah, it, it, it's. I think it's funny that it, it takes four years just, like, to get a college. You know what? You know, most kids now, I heard, they, don't they spend, like, six years in college now or something like that? Like, the average uh, college student spends six years. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's another thing, guys. If you're, if you're serious about college, you're serious about really learning, do it in four years. Don't do it in five. Don't do it in six. You get some partying done. You don't need five. <laughs> you're taking it to a whole new level if you're doing five and six years. You're really wasting a lot of money. Wyoming Hype says uh, this dude that just sent me $2. Oh, yeah. I'm going to talk about Wyoming in a second. Don't worry. We're talking about Wyoming is a, is a beast upon itself here. <sighs> Compete. This is from uh, – M-G-T-O-W Money. He's got a great uh, channel. I've mentioned him before. It's a video. You should all watch it. I meant to mention it the last three videos, but I keep forgetting or I keep running out of time. It it's basically tells people to compete against themselves instead of you know envying other people. And it, it probably should be like compare your present self to your old self. Are you doing better than your old self? You don't need to compare yourself to uh, Bill Gates. That's, that's not good. That's – no. So what? He got a billion dollars. He has a billion dollars. Are you doing better than the you of last year? Are you making more money than the you of last year? Are you learning more than the you of last year? That's what you got to do. Compete against yourself. Compare yourself to your old self. And again, another thing you talked about in this video is other people are always going to label you. They're going to see you. They're going to try to categorize you. Don't fall into those labels. There's a lot of people they're like, well, that, that's the nice guy. And then you become the nice guy. Then you start doing, no, don't, people are going to call you all sorts of things. And sometimes they're going to think that those things are compliments. Don't let other people label you. Don't, you define who you are. You can go in any direction you want to. But in this world today, you've always got to be learning. You've always got to be willing to start again, to, to recreate yourself. Uh, and and that, that's a very valuable skill to have because most people aren't. Most people fall into the traps of what they're defined as by other people defining them. They're like, yes, you're the you're most likely to be the lawyer, Adam, and you were voted in your yearbook, most likely to be the lawyer. That, that wasn't what I, I'll tell you what I was voted for in a second. Um, <laughs> and, and so that person's like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna be a lawyer, I'm gonna be, a lawyer. and then you're just like dead set, and then you don't even like this stuff anymore. But everyone's always said, oh, he's gonna be a lawyer, he's gonna be a lawyer, and then you just end up totally unhappy. You can't even reinvent yourself. You've been in law school. I was voted, uh, but again, you could be labeled all sorts of nonsense things that, that put you down too. And, and that, that's sad. People get into these holes. He's the dork. And then you just think you're the dork. And no, don't let no, no, you, you define yourself. What was I voted in my high school yearbook? Uh, but most likely to come up with a, I'm not going to, I don't know the exact, that I would be the one who came up with the slogan for the uh, Orioles winning the World Series in 20 years or something like that, and which is kind of, you can kind of see that in my personality a little bit that, it involved the marketing. <laughs> I get. I, I came up with some uh, in high school. I, I, I came up with some terms, uh, uh, little catchphrases and, and such. And so they said I'd most likely to come up with a catchphrase for the Orioles winning the World Series in uh, twenty years from my graduation year or whatever. <laughs> and of course, I love the Orioles, and I still like the Orioles. Though I, I clearly, everyone knew I loved the Orioles back then. Uh, because I was, I mean, I'm from Baltimore, by the way, people who don't know that. Let's see. And then we just the, the most, we didn't have like a most likely, it was just a kind of a, that part of the yearbook just like had little 
you know, predictions for what you're going to be in 20 years. It was, it was predictions, not, not, not like most likely to succeed. Most likely you couldn't, and then you had to be politically correct. You couldn't say most, that that was gone by then. You couldn't say most likely to succeed, most likely to get married, most likely to have a beautiful baby that, that no, 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 no. That, that's like from the sixties and stuff, I think. Um, like at this point it was just like, what will this person be doing in 20 years? And it was all funny little jokes and stuff. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say. All right. Um, so here, here's a, a, someone that says, imagine the self-discipline required to live life frugally in your 20s and 30s in order to pay off student loan debt and then have sociopathic politicians promise to wipe the slate clean for the votes at the expense of the pastime value of your money. Feels a bit like socialism. So it's an excellent point. Right now, there's uh, certain politicians that are just like, we're, it's Bernie Sanders saying he's going to wipe out all college debt. And so all the people who didn't try to get rid of their debt, who are irresponsible, they'll win. And the people who paid off their college debt, who were, who were responsible, will lose. I mean, so that's the way of the 80% of the world. It, it's, that's it, guys. It, that's, that is democracy right there. That The mob will vote in. Uh, to, to bail themselves out. Of course, the irresponsible mob will be like, oh, no, we were tricked. We didn't know. So you have to pay off our debt now, taxpayers, who are made up of the people who actually paid off their debt. Whatever. I, I'm not complaining. I just think that was a funny tweet. Uh, I, I'm prepared. I paid off my debt. Uh, my, my college loans, uh, I was done paying them off like two years after I graduated or something. It was like, I want to get rid of it. Is, who wants to have that hanging over you, I thought. So, I mean, there are probably some people that still haven't paid off their uh, loans uh, from back. And, and Bernie will bail them out if he becomes president. Oh, well, that's I'll have my Bitcoin. I won't have to worry worry about the dollar being, again, that'll add to the inflation of the dollar. So I can complain and scream about it, or I can buy Bitcoin and not worry about it because it's not being in, inflated away. <laughs> like, the, uh, Bernie, uh, like the Bernie welfare dollar will be. He's not going to, it looks like he's not going to win anyway. He looks like he's dying on stage uh, and people judge him by that. And again, it, it's clear the media who, who they're getting behind the woman who sleeps her way to the top because they want to want, I mean, it's the Democrat, will, it'll be a woman. It'll be a woman. It'll be either the uh, the native, <laughs> it'll be the fake native or the uh, the one who slept her way to the top, one of the two. And I, I'll probably be the one who, but she's, a, the one who slept her way to the top is really a minority, unlike, unlike, uh, Aryan Warren, uh, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being purely white, okay? Like uh, Warren is. There's nothing wrong with it. She's the one who's ashamed of it. She's the one who's totally ashamed of it, and that that's wrong to be ashamed of who you are. That's I think that's wrong. Uh, so the Republican governor of Wyoming, I linked to his Twitter account before uh, below, and last time I checked, he had 945 followers. <laughs> And that just shows you the difference in certain – just social media is everywhere. And some people value social media so much. It, I think on the presidential scale, it already – it does make a difference. You've got to have a good social media. But again, in some states, in Wyoming, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all, clearly. And again, it's a really small state. I, I guess it has the smallest population. Or Alaska does. One of the, I think it's why I should have looked this up before. It's one of the two. And um, – yeah, it, there's a there's a uh, social media divide in the USA, to say the least. People in Wyoming, at least voters in Wyoming, it isn't like a top priority. Uh, it it, it didn't, didn't win him the election, clearly. But in some, uh, again, some of these politicians are savvy. They they know it's all about uh, fitting in and uh, heathenism and looking good and just getting people's emotions riled up and they can do that very well. And then the voters in their districts are all on social media. So they know how to trigger them a lot with that vanity, vanity and nothingness. That's what I was looking for. It's all about that. And, and social media, you can make social media totally about vanity and nothingness. I mean, uh, AOC has, has totally done that. So it just shows you from, from her district, which uh, compared to the state of Wyoming, two different worlds on how you appeal to, to voters. And it's, the whole different mentality. And that is the thing with the United States of America, that every state is different. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fans of the type of mindset of the people in uh, AOC's district, okay? But I don't live there. I don't have to live there. 
Um, I, maybe I'm more in line with some of the thoughts of the people in Wyoming. That's great. You can go from state to state. Every state is different. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Every and it, again, it is not a democracy in the United States when you elect uh, the, the way the whole government is set up. OK, it's it's, it's a constitutional republic. And we, we have to remember that that. And I'm going to talk about that in a second, because some people are like, well, why is Wyoming have this amount of uh, electoral votes and this amount of representation in the same amount of representation in the Senate as California? That's wrong. You, you don't get the whole concept. There's a whole balancing act here. It's so that the mob can't take over and dictate everything. That's that's the way the Constitutional Republic is set up. But people don't learn about that. Some people don't care. But again, so you can see Wyoming is a different beast than um, Queens. Totally different. Totally different. And that's great. And that is great. Um, and, uh, and, and it's not like Wyoming is not a lesser place because people aren't mad into Twitter there. And may add into to virtue signaling on, on Twitter there. I, maybe the people in uh, – and I hope the people in Wyoming will get on Twitter just to learn about Bitcoin. It's clear they're not into choosing their politicians that way, which is great, which is great. They're not too worried about politics uh, getting into their social media. That That is awesome. Uh, when the governor – when the, the governor who's been governor for uh, whatever since January has less than 1,000 followers, that's, that's wild stuff. Uh, but just shows you that how the, the, the true diversity of this country. Okay, thoughtful.community. That was the guy that was on Dave Rubin. I wanted to say that uh, – I'll talk about that next time. <laughs> uh, Eric Voorhees said, before crypto, I cared about politics. Now I watch it from afar as one watches a movie. We know how it will end, and while there is humor sprinkled throughout, it will not be, it will not be a comedy. My ambivalence toward it is sprinkled with a sad acknowledgement of those still trapped inside. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, yeah, you don't worry. It is, it's a soap opera, but it is kind of sad for the people trapped inside. But hey, personal responsibility is new counterculture. They're, they're stuck in that soap opera, vanity and nothingness. They're not going to get into Bitcoin. They got to worry about themselves. You got to worry about you, dude. And uh, you got into Bitcoin, I got into Bitcoin, and that is great. Okay, we'll talk about that socialism next time. We'll talk about um, this. This is the final thing I want to end on. And this is from Jeet, and this is what I've referred to beforehand. He said, I'll never understand how tweets like this are not more controversial. This is the host of a major show essentially throwing a Molotov cocktail at one of the foundational compromises in the Constitution. Chris Hayes said this. Queens has more people than 16 states, FYI. So you know what Chris Hayes is trying to say there. <laughs> that's not that. That's the thing. Queens, South Central Los Angeles, uh, Southern California, they are not just because they have a lot of people and they can form a big mob doesn't mean they have more say than the states. The states are each. A different experiment and they have a lot of power in this system um, more say in this system than individuals get again because if if it was all about the, the just pure democracy one vote and that's it one one vote was, was in charge of everything um then again you just whoever was governor of california would become president okay that it would california would control the whole country or Queens would control the whole country. That's not the way. It's a huge country that is so – you should drive across it. I do recommend that for people. That's something people should do maybe between high school and college or maybe between their second or third year in college or something like that. I did it when I was uh, 24. I did it when I was 24. But um, you'll see how different this country is. It's a huge, huge country. And the, the founders of the country, I think they had a pretty good system. And uh, they didn't want little teeny – densely populated areas to dictate what the whole the whole rest of the country was doing to, 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 to dictate the policies it's supposed to be different experiments in different states and then a, a kind of a general weaker overlay governing uniting them all but what you can have under the you know one man one vote system of democracy mob rule is that a bunch of people in a densely populated area start to make very strict federal rules that limit each of the states 
what can be done in each of the states and, and to tell the individuals in the states what they have to do to totally forget what their state rules are. And that's not the way it was supposed to be. Okay, pound that like button. But again, we have these people on TV that are now bringing up these concepts of these, literally, literally, I mean, they're silly when, when you understand how the nation was founded, that it is supposed to be 50 separate states with different rules and the states have power on the federal level, not necessarily uh, mobs of people. And Guy Bennett said, catchphrases for the Orioles offended by losing. Orioles are the apex predator. Strong glove hand. Be in motion around those bases. Yeah, yeah those are good ones. And uh, in the future, they're, they're the worst team right now. But don't worry. I've got conviction. They will be back. If something doesn't, if somebody doesn't like New York, they can move to Wyoming. If someone doesn't like sound money, they can leave Bitcoin and move to Jim Jones or King of the Trolls. Pound that like button, Roman Q. You're absolutely right. And that is the cool thing about uh, about the Bitcoin space. That's why I say it is where the big boys play. Because there is – we're not going to uh, deteriorate into a system like the federal system is deteriorating into now where people are really thinking about taking away powers from the state. Um, where like mobs will say, no, we're redefining everything. If you don't like the way things are in your state, you move to your state. If you don't like the way things are in Bitcoin, you fork off or you go to another place. No one can change. No one can change Bitcoin. Like we're seeing that the, the federal government is uh, the whole federal system might be changed completely. Um, but again, that, that that's the awesome thing about about Bitcoin that you can't that it isn't um, and it, it isn't like uh, this uh, the government system is deteriorating into what what I just <laughs> I got to get out of here now. Um, you just you you leave if you don't like it. That's what being a big boy is about. All right, that's it. I'm Adam Meister. Pound that like button. Bang that bell button. <laughs> Good skiing in Wyoming, too, I was just told. I'm Adam Meister. Bitcoin message disrupt. Meister, remember to subscribe to the channel, like this video, share this video. Click on the squares. I'll say hi to you guys in the uh, chat right now. Run BTC.